0: Hello and welcome to Jam Presents, a podcast series by me, Mike Groves, and a good mate of mine, Jason Cripps. In this second series of Jam Presents, we play The Murder Game, a 2003 murder mystery reality TV show from the BBC. This accompanying podcast will break down each episode of The Murder Game as Jason and I follow the journey of 10 investigators as they try to catch a killer in the fictional town of Blackwater. Each episode of The Murder Game is available on YouTube, so if you haven't already, go and watch episode three now. In this episode, we head to the caravan park, jump out on Dean Garrity, and spy on Jennifer Wilmington. I bet we can't do one of these without mentioning Murder in Small <laughs> no, we, we did that a lot in the last episode, but in fairness, the last episode was the first of the real the, the, first real, of the real story. Yeah. Murder Game episode three. So look, before we get into the episode, I want to comment on how I was ready to come into this and be prepared to really rant about it. And don't get me wrong, I will rant at certain times because there are parts to this that really made me quite angry. But considering these videos that we're watching have got 10,000 views on YouTube.
1: There's an audience.
0: There is an audience, and some of those comments as well, it's definitely got a place in people's hearts. Maybe they've not done it the way we've done it and seen Murder in Small Town X first, because I I feel like we've seen a 10 out of 10 show, and now we're watching like a 6 out of 10, and we can't quite appreciate it as much. 6 out of 10, that's a bit generous. (laughs) So yeah, I just think we support ourselves a little bit by watching Murder in Small Town X first.
1: You appreciate what you've got, and I think that's probably what people are remembering from England. Yeah. From Britain, the murder game.
0: And times have changed as well. Maybe that long ago, it it was well-received. What I want to do is, anyone listening to this, and I don't know if we're going to get any listeners considering how we've done on Murder in Small Town X, but let's see. I just wanted to point out that despite us having a moan, I do appreciate that there are still quite a few fans out there who may not approve of our negativity. What I would say is that if there is anyone listening who enjoyed the murder game and hasn't seen Murder in Small Town X, stop listening to this immediately and go back to series one of Jam Presents because guarantee you'll enjoy it even more.
1: I think I think what it is, is usually um, a follow-up gets the core values of the first and makes them better. But in this instance,
0: it's considerably worse. Yes. With all that said, I still didn't enjoy this episode as much as I wanted to. <laughs> and I still think the use of a voiceover is a terrible decision for a TV series like this.
1: I enjoyed this episode more than I did the last one. There's just a lot more going on. There's a lot
0: more sort of... <laughs> Yeah, Quite I just think the funny aspects of it. The narrative was definitely better. I also think Chief Bob was a lot worse.
1: Yeah, I don't. I still don't really
0: know where the story's going. Like,
1: <laughs> I, I'm I'm all for these little um, scenarios that the in, uh, investigators are into, but the core main story about the murder, I'm
0: still I'm clueless. <laughs> Anyway, let's recap. On last week's episode, we saw the investigators head from the training session to the fictional town of Blackwater, only to find a crime scene as they approach a church. Catherine Pryor has been stabbed in church on the morning of her sister's wedding. We're made aware that the killer is one of the nine townspeople, of whom we've only met a handful so far, and lead lines of inquiry so far have seen us interviewing Catherine's father, Frank, her sister, Goldie, and the best man, Dean. We also saw a lot of drama surrounding the videotape that was tossed out of the wedding car, and despite Sarita being up for elimination following the group vote, it was Christine who lost the killer's game, having been sent to her death by Richard Sharrocks. So far, we've seen no suspects eliminated, so we still have nine suspects and nine investigators remaining. At the start of this episode we see the investigators in HQ receiving their brief from Chief Bob. Before this takes place, the voiceover already tells us too much.
2: After a high-speed chase, the investigators lost the killer and the getaway car. It belonged to Dean Garrity, the best man at the wedding. Now he's missing, along with videotape he filmed of Catherine just before she was murdered. This
0: would have been much better coming from Bob, wouldn't it? Rather than voiceover saying, Dean Garrett, is missing. Surely Chief Bob could have told them that in his first sentence rather than have the voiceover tell us immediately. Yeah, this
1: voiceover, I'm still not a fan of the voiceover. Like you say, it just tells you needless information that takes you away from the actual investigation.
0: Bob's first task is to reveal who is going to take the role of lead investigator. This is chosen in the final words of the contestant who lost the killer's game. In this case, Christine. She chooses Nick, our budget David Bowie. A solid choice, I think. We find out that Sarita picked up a clue from the place that she went to play the killer's game. And it bothers me no end that they don't investigate the death of Christine, considering yep. how they treat every other event as a possible crime scene. It's
1: so easily integrated and they just don't even bother.
0: And that's why it annoys me. They, first, they're playing a game, so they're sending people to their death. You wouldn't do that as a criminal investigator, so why take everything else so seriously? But also, someone's been sent to their death. We know that the killer was there killing Christine, so make that part of the plot. If yeah,
1: you... don't have a clue and have that as the clue. Them going and investigate that. And, yeah. and that murder and finding something. Why would the killer go to one place, leave a clue and then go to the other place to kill someone?
0: Alright, they did that in Murder in X, but it worked because they didn't take it all that seriously. No. Anyway, the clue that Sarita... Recovered was a key with a key ring that says Mill Fields. Apparently, Catherine lived at a caravan site with the same name. This is the first track. Go to Catherine's caravan and conduct an intelligence search. See if you can find out more info about the deceased. Richard and Mervyn get appointed this task by Nick. Track two is to go and see an abandoned car reported by a passerby that matches the description of the car that they chased in the last episode. Nick appoints Meryl, Sarita and Sam to this task. Task three is to interview Jennifer Wilmington, the groom's mother. She was arranging the wedding and might have more. More information to this task nick appoints andrew mel and rory before they leave chief bob makes it clear that he wants the teams to ask about dean during their lines of inquiry
2: right so when you're all out today make sure that you're asking about dean
0: so track one Mervin and richard arrive at catherine's caravan site and again we've already been subject to the information that they will be faced by a hidden test by the voiceover you're fucking spoiling it mate stop yeah
1: this is it. Like I want to see it happen organically, not expecting something to happen.
0: I thought it was quite funny. I don't know when Snatch came out or anything like that, but it was just really funny that Catherine lives in a caravan site, and when they arrive, there's like big, burly men with tattoos at their arms and Alsatian dogs barking at the investigators <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> Typical yeah. sort of, how are you going to present a uh, British caravan site in, in the early 2000s? The key doesn't fit the caravan, but, so the killer clue doesn't fit the caravan door. Then Frank arrives with his granddaughter and the, the babysitter, Vanessa. The way Mervyn and Richard introduce themselves is so cringey. Uh,
1: good afternoon, Frank. Are you okay? Oh, it's you.
0: Yeah, uh, it's uh, SI Merchant and SI Sharrick. Oh, sorry, we haven't met before.
1: There's a, a quite awkward pause. As you can tell, that he's thinking about that in his head.
0: Yeah. And Frank's like, oh, it's you. Yeah, he didn't need to introduce himself, mate. Yeah. Come on. Frank opens the caravan door and starts to say that he wants a load of stuff from the caravan. It's so weird. I want those photos. I want that photograph.
1: This is, I, I feel like, because of their training, it was, it was a, they're constantly being tested, which I don't, I don't like. I'd rather have it all conversation and trying to get evidence or like cross examining people, not, oh, will they, won't they stop stop Frank coming into a potential crime scene. It's pointless. It detracts away from it because they are thinking too heavily on will they pass or fail or is this the right thing to do rather than
0: what they need to gain. Rather than look for what they need and and the intel that they need as well. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Richard and Mervyn say that they can't let him take anything yet and that his granddaughter and the babysitter shouldn't be in there. They don't do a very good good job at at stopping them. Frank gives them the new keys when they ask him about the old key. He says they won't get in with that one. VoiceOver tells us that they still need to find a vital piece of evidence that ends up being an envelope with a time, date and meeting place on. They head back to HQ and help Nick out when they get there. He's watching the video footage from the garage that Frank was supposedly at during the time of the murder. They see him pull out, but makes a dodgy deal at the back of his car, counting money to someone at the side of the garage. It could just be him paying the wedding DJ or something like that. Yeah. You know. Which it probably might come out to be. I hope it does, because they label him as a criminal. Straight away, yeah. Yeah, immediately. But I guess we know that he's not a suspect anymore. Mervin suggests he's still wheeling and dealing because he's an Essex lad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Good uh, typecast in there, moment. There you go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And he's scared of investigators because he's got a record. And the last thing he wants to do is go back inside for I'm doing right. the same thing again. He's still willing and dealing. He's an Essex lad, you know what I mean? Rather than take him off the suspect list in a grand way later on. So rather than it being Chief Bob say, right, can we eliminate anybody? We just see him greyed out on the screen. That's just That's a wasted opportunity as well. Make that a bigger thing. Yep. all the group are made aware of the on, ongo- you know the goings-on of the day yeah this should have been done
1: at the end because yeah, yeah isn't it taken off as they're there as they're, they're talking
0: about it and then the screen goes gray it's like oh, rubbish make a bigger make a bigger deal of it yeah Anyway, track two, Sam, Merrill, and Sarita go to search for the abandoned car. It matches the description of the wedding car that the killer used to make their getaway. They take so long to decide how to cordon off that crime scene. Oh my God. And 20 minutes, I Yeah, think Yeah, we get told minutes. 20
1: minutes. But this is, again, again, it comes down to the fact that they're, they're so concerned about failing. It's, oh, should we cordon the crime scene off at the gate? Or do we go to the car and cordon the crime scene off?
0: It should be as long as you do it. No one's judging. Just yep. put some tape around wherever exactly. it is. You've done that. Well done, guys.
1: Yeah, because none of them takes responsibility for it. They're always like, "Oh, less oh, I think um, Sarita says about a democratic vote or something like that." Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Kind of like she keeps putting it back into Merrill's hands. It's whatever you want, and Merrill's like, "No, yeah. oh, it's nothing to do with me." <laughs> exactly because none of them want to take responsibility for it. What do you want us to do? vote. democratic vote. <laughs> No way. (laughs) I mean, there's been an awful lot of movement here already, so... Yeah, I just, you know, it's not... Um... The next scene, though, this is what we want. We want a car to explode. This is great. Car goes up
1: in flames. It's funny, though, isn't it? Because... The car goes in flames, yet we see... it The car did not just
0: combust.
1: Do we see someone light the floor? Yeah,
0: we see the floor and, and like a line of fire going across the field to see the yeah. car explode, yeah.
1: So is that what? Because someone knew that they were coming to investigate it?
0: I'd have thought so, yeah.
1: So they, now they're like, oh, better run the other side of the car and put some petrol on it.
0: Yeah, it doesn't really fit with the narrative, but um, it's, yeah, it's pretty good. The firefighters turn up and Sarita asks them not to disturb too much. Brilliant.
2: Can I request your team move as little as possible, please?
0: They figure out that there won't be much left of the wreckage. Rather than searching for clues after the fire is out, they take another, uh, what feels like an age, setting up another cordon. Mm -hmm. It's getting dark and they need to crack on. Again, voiceover spoiling it tells us that a vital piece of evidence has survived and they need to bag it. It's a tracker that they notice, but they don't do anything with. Why didn't they just take it? They kept going on and banging on about oh we don't know what's a tracker what does that do we don't know it might be i think at one point they say it might be a cd player for a car or something like that even if you do think that what if it's got a cd in it i don't know but just take it what is the harm in taking that extra bit i think i
1: said before i think they're just worried they're far too worried about messing up and everything's a test where it shouldn't be everything's just te- yeah, just a scenario where they need to perform.
0: Meryl makes a really funny noise when she mentions that the killer could be watching, so I'll cut that in. It just made me laugh.
1: Was it your like? Just do an impression of it now.
0: It won't be right, but I'm sure she's like, ooh, <laughs> something <laughs> along those lines. It's probably completely wrong. So I will do a comparison later on. Going out shining my torch. Um just sort of thinking, ooh, ooh. Brilliant. Both Sam and Sarita are really miserable on their way back. So on their way back is when they mention that the tracker could be part of the CD player. But Sam and Sarita, they're so miserable. They think that they'll be playing the killer's game. And again, it really spoils the show because they are worried about failing and going home more than they are about being excited and immersed in a real Mm -hmm. investigation.
1: Yeah, and going back with the evidence that they've got, you know, and and seeing the other teammates and presenting that evidence that they've got from the car. There's no talk like that.
0: No, it's all... all Doom and gloom. absolutely. Yeah. I'll be going out there again
2: playing the killer's game. No, I won't. Hey. Oh, for goodness oh, sake, you two, I can't stand this for another two days.
0: <laughs> Track three: Mel, Rory, and Andrew meet Jennifer Wilmington, the mother of Jay the Groom. She is the Lady of the Manor, by all accounts, uh, lives in a huge place, and deals in antiques. She's a bit bossy
2: initially. Right. <laughs> Don't worry, Jennifer will fill the Probably a butler will answer the door. Excuse me. <laughs>
0: May I help you? This is filming, Tay. Okay? This is private property. What do you want? This <laughs> is great as she comes out of the house. But actually, she's more than willing to help. She talks to them. Andrew, rather than ask about the case, quizzes her on the leaky roof and asks her where the water's coming from.
1: Your problem there. That's Jouffle. is that from the leaking roof?
0: That's the leaking roof. There's a gut. There's a gutter outside that comes all the down here. Andrew, in this episode, what is what is going on? I, I. I I don't know, I lose the will. So, yeah, he's talking to her about a leaky roof. Mel is proving once again that she's brilliant, asking all the right questions. She clearly leads that team. It helps that Andrew and Rory definitely seem like people that need to be guided and and given instructions rather than take initiative. So Mel does really well in this team. As they're interviewing Jennifer... They find out that Jay has had a break in at his boathouse. Then they have to head over there to investigate. There they meet Jay. He's another suspect. He keeps a key in a tin inside the boat, which is what's gone missing, apparently. Anyway, the glass has been clearly smashed. He says it's weird because usually it's a right mess, but the washing up has been done and (laughs) the bed has been made. I think later on, don't we find out that it's Catherine's prince as well? So clearly she's broken in to wash up for him or whatever. You know, she wanted to get in. So it doesn't look like it's a a breaking, or I, I highly doubt if it's only he, his and Catherine's Prince that it's anything to do with the case. But it's just interesting that she's she's broken in and done his laundry. Mel and Rory suit up to dust for prints and Andrew was left to interrogate. Fair play to Mel, she says, I actually think I'd be better at doing this job than Andrew because he's a bit of a liability. <laughs> They're back at HQ reviewing the day just gone. Whilst Nick is leader, Richard fucking Sharrocks takes over and is just being in. An- Dick so his so Christian name, is it? Yeah, that's his middle name. I looked I looked looked on IMDB. He's really pressing on Mel. What was the um the alibi? Jennifer's Alibi. Jennifer's alibi. She yeah. says that um Jay was in the house, but no, what was Jennifer's alibi? He may think by being like this, like he's trying to act a bit like Chief Bob and trying to interrogate, but that doesn't help when it comes to being voted. Mate.
1: It's strange because he's, he's taking it probably the most serious, mm. which like in the fact that, you know, someone needs to, you know, push it on. But like you say, he's, it's going the wrong way about it, definitely.
0: And I think that's that's why Nick shines so much, because actually Nick is taking it just as seriously, but is trying not to be a dick to everyone. Yeah. Andrew has a weird talk to the group about his encounter with Jennifer and says he loves that woman. Are you sure you're not being swayed yeah. in any way? Yes, yeah, letting Andy, your personal
2: feelings. I famous. love that woman. <laughs> 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 She's six foot three, I'm five foot two, but I'm going to comment as Maroon said. Stand up, Andy.
0: Again, Andrew's just got some weird moments me in this the voiceover tells us that as the investigators go to bed dean lies low in a secret hideaway why are you telling us this which we see why do we need to know that we don't
1: that's it we don't we don't They, they that needs to organically come from the investigation from when
0: richard and mervyn go there later on we will see it then the next morning before they go out they here banging downstairs. The window of HQ has photos and blood left on it. A message from the killer. This reminds them of the game that they'll play later in the episode. Once again, they suit up to gather the photos. And again, it annoys me way more than it should that they treat that like a really important crime scene. It's noted that the group all pitch in to help recover the message apart from Sarita and Andrew. Honestly, fair play to them. Too many cooks. Why, why do all nine need to get involved in recovering mm-hmm. that? They don't. Yeah, the narrator says that in the fact that it's a bad thing. Yeah, and that, I think that's probably because obviously all the narrating's done afterwards, and they know that Nick's going to vote Andrew, so it's to draw our attention to Andrew being voted for that reason. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just, it's just unnecessary. It's bizarre, isn't it? At the morning briefing, Chief Bob seems even louder than ever, annoyed that they've not found Dean yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like... But, but naughty.
2: Have we found Dean yet? No. Know. We need to find Dean as soon as possible.
0: I'd, I'd have walked out. I'd, I'd... Yeah, it's, oh, it's, it annoys me so much. <laughs> Chief Bob asks the three teams how they got on. Mervin and Richard describe their time at the caravan site. Bob is unhappy that they didn't ask why Frank changed the locks. This is a kick in the nuts for Richard, considering how much of a hard time he gave to Mel the night before for not getting Jennifer's alibi. Mel's smirk is, good. is so good. <laughs> She's loving it. They did, however, recover the envelope, so they need to go to the meeting place that's written on it. Chief Bob asks if they know where they're going. And Richard gives a really cocky response. Not at the moment, but we will clarify that during the day. It comes to something when you come off more of a dickhead than Chief Bob. (laughs) Chief Bob is annoyed at Meryl, Sam and Sarita that they didn't recover the tracker, but he sent one of his staff in to get it.
1: This happens far too much in this episode.
0: (laughs) Send the boys in.
1: Sending the boys in because they
0: are incompetent.
2: Well, it's a good thing I sent the exhibit officer out. To bring back the tracker unit.
0: The tracker shows that the car stopped at a sluice pond at one point during the day for a minute or so. Therefore, team two need to go out and investigate the sluice pond. Chief Bob says,
2: If your fingertips are not red raw and bleeding, you haven't done the job right.
1: Oh, It fills me with rage. It literally fills me with rage. Like he's the greatest investigator I've ever known. But if you are, oh, just go do it yourself then, Bob. Do it yourself. That's that's the attitude I would take with him. Why aren't you helping? What are you doing that's so important?
0: We're told that Dean called Jennifer the day before at 11am, but Jennifer didn't tell the group that information. Where did that come from? How do we know that? Why Um, are we told that? That needs to come more naturally than that.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. How do they know that?
0: That's what Bob tells them. Oh, see, it's just... (laughs) They just thumb that in.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if that's the right term, but they seem to be thumbing a lot in. Yeah shoehorn in shoehorn that in they shoehorned
0: that in quite well anyway team three Rory Mellon and Andrew need to plant a bug on Jennifer so the teams go on their respective tracks so on track one Richard and Mervyn head to the mill this is where Dean is hiding out they (laughs) bugger about for quite a long time and before they know it Dean Garrity returns early instead of hiding they jump out on him
1: (laughs) yeah they proper jump out on it. absolute shit show (laughs) i still don't know i just i'm gonna have to watch it again i still don't know how they didn't run after him
0: it is absolutely pathetic they run and then they stop and god knows because richard, that was richard
1: the, a marathon runner yeah a
0: mervyn who would never want to lose to they, hang
1: on so they, yeah they both they both smashed it in the bleep test can't run 100 meters though it's ridiculous
0: <laughs> he gets in what looks like the wedding car what is going on here Obviously, they got the registration. So let's see how it compares to the car that got blown up earlier. But the car that left Dean's house, we assumed, was the car that was the wedding car. So mm-hmm. when they pulled up to Dean's house in the episode before, they followed that car and it threw a camera out onto the old abandoned railway line. That is presumably the car that we saw that got blown up earlier in the episode. And yet on this track, Dean is still driving his car, which is the, the same silver yeah. Deo. There's got to be two cars and we should find that out in the next episode.
1: There's got to be two cars that are exactly the same. Yeah.
0: They eventually find somewhere to hide and Vanessa, the babysitter, turns up. She's the person that we met at the caravan earlier in the episode. It gets late and whilst Vanessa is still there waiting for Dean, he's not going to show. They have a phone call to show that she was waiting for him. On their way back, Rich is confused as to why Vanessa's note would be in Catherine's caravan until Mervyn reminds him that Vanessa's a babysitter. For someone who's so cocksure of himself, Richard doesn't really... He's not really that switched on, is he, when it comes to these sorts of things? Not at all. Track two. Once again, we see Meryl getting bounced around in the back of a Land Rover. They get to the sluice pond and are told that they need to use metal detectors to find what could be the murder weapon. The three of them at the sluice pond are fairly useless. Absolutely brilliant. Their fingers aren't red, raw and bleeding, so they're clearly not doing a proper job. They're bloody cold, though. Serita manages to break all metal detectors. This is my fucking
1: highlight of this episode. How <laughs> she breaks the metal detectors. They get down to the last metal detector. She passes it to like an assistant from like, about policeman. ten foot away. Yeah, and he hands it back to her, and it, the, the, battery dro- <laughs> the battery drops into it, drops into the pond again, and just breaks. So she breaks <laughs> all metal detectors. They weren't expecting that at all were they they were not expecting them to break all metal detectors this is what 2003 was it now i'll have to check at this waterproof metal detectors is that a thing surely because it's got to be now surely (laughs) just off the back of this show (laughs) the police force is like oh maybe that's really a good idea why are we getting through so many metal detectors when we're trying to find weapons
0: marvelous i just like it to be noted for record we don't have enough equipment Sarita's right above the murder weapon at one point and fails to get it. Meryl highlight. I think Meryl's done really well in this one. Meryl's there. She's not giving up. She doesn't want to give up. She wants to focus on getting it. And Sarita is just truly awful. And they're all complaining. And it's, it's, these these guys bring it down a notch. You know. I think you've got three very distinct teams. You've got Sharrock's and Mervin who both want to be the winners. They they both really want to... And you could put Nick into that category as well. They're all there to win. You've got Mel... I'm not saying Mel doesn't want to win, but you've got Mel, Andrew and, and Rory who... A more happy go lucky, just getting on with it, but really enjoying the experience at the same time. And then you've got Sarita, Meryl, and Sam who just want the world to end and that they're just so miserable. There's such a contrast in teams, and it'll be really interesting when we see the teams change as as the episodes go on. When Sarita says she can't feel her hands, Meryl urges her on because they need to do a fingertip search for the weapon. And all they're singing. What do you want to say?
2: (sighs) <sighs>
0: Meryl eventually finds out what she thinks is the murder weapon, a garden trowel, and to be fair, this makes absolute sense. We know that the murder weapon makes triangular incisions because of the post-mortem done on Catherine's body. We found that out at the, the mortuary in the episode before. Track three, plant bugs at Jennifer's house. They get initial training here. Why couldn't they have done this in episode one?
1: Yeah, they could have done bug training as part of the initial episode one.
0: I think it's one or the other, isn't it? They should have either done it all as part of the intense training and then you've got to use everything you've learned and they can go, right, we need to plant bugs. Or do away with that episode entirely and then have these. Oh, right. When you get to the barge, you need to do some fingerprinting and then they go off and do some fingerprinting, you know, training or something. No, exactly.
1: Because I think, yeah, your way is probably the better way because then they don't get hung up on it or so much because all they needed then was for Bob to be like, right, we need to plant a bug I've got
0: Dave, the bug expert coming in, who's going to just run you through how to do it.
1: And then it's not as much of a big thing.
0: Jennifer gives them a chance to plant the bugs and she offers them some tea. And Andrew goes and asks them asks her for a biscuit. Fair play. Brilliant. Yeah, I'll take that one. She leaves again so that they can get the final bug into her cardigan. The next scene, they're by the, the van that that expert brings in. And they're told that they need to pee in a bottle and shit in a bag. <laughs> whilst undertaking surveillance
1: which right i i fully get that he's I and mean, this is another flex this is another fl- like we, we said it, about it in the first episode with the yeah. police force, we get it we get it. it's a job and this guy as well you know that's part of his job he has to piss in a bottle and shit in a bag same as like snipers and stuff don't they they, yeah, piss, yeah. they just piss themselves but don't expect them to do it on this task do you know what I mean like to the fact that later on in that scenario mel needs to relieve herself yeah and you've got the you've got the bug expert staking out the stakeout
0: and he's getting really pissed off bloody useless
2: absolutely useless
1: and she's like oh the young girl the young girl's left the the location to go to the toilet i'm thinking she's 21 she isn't gonna do a business in front of like
0: some old man well this this is what really annoys me that the voiceover then makes a point of her being shy
2: the next lap dancer suddenly becomes very shy
0: hang on it's a bit what different f- isn't it well
1: that defines her as a lap dancer it's like yeah just 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 it doesn't matter does it Can
0: you, she's she's taking a shit in a bag and you've got <laughs> Rory and Andrew like spraying her with five dollar bills <laughs>
1: <laughs> two dollar bills <laughs> no but it's, it's exactly you don't define someone because of the job and the fact that, that she was a uh Exotic dancer or
0: means she's got the confidence to piss in front of someone.
1: Means that it doesn't matter about her body, yeah, exactly. Like it's so strange, isn't it? But again, who's a narrator to judge?
0: Who, like, who is he? <laughs> you piss in a the bag, then Rupert. <laughs> yeah. I think that's his name. Is it? <laughs> when they're first told about the the hideout that they've got to get to, is it that one up there? No, that's a fucking trio. Oh,
1: he said it was a, uh, he says it was a, a metal, metal
0: shed. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, so it's not the it's not the wooden shed in the uh, in a tree. <laughs> <the> tree. <laughs> no, I don't think it is, Andrew. They have
0: to cross the front lawn to get into position. Oh man!
1: Oh, that should have been the end of it then. They should have just fell straight away then. Yeah, she yeah. should have seen them out the window and just been like, what, "Got you." Yeah,
0: because yeah. in the end, they don't gain anything from spying because they get told about the equipment. They like, they get the phone call because Trevor, the neighbour, comes over. Yeah. So this is what I've got next. Look, they see the local builder Trevor, who is also a suspect arrive at jennifer's house they listen in as trevor gives jennifer a videotape it was left on trevor's doorstep it's the video recorded by dean jennifer tells trevor that she didn't tell investigators about hearing from dean the day before trevor tells her to call investigators and let them know and also report the tape she does so and nick then calls the um surveillance team to go and recover it in a really rubbish conversation where mel speaks really quietly <laughs> where, man, you hi
2: yeah, sorry i can't hear you where, man? I can't
0: they didn't actually need to spy because in the end, Nick's, Nick gets that phone call anyway. They go and meet Jennifer. They knock on her door and say, we were in the area. Can we have the tape? Andrew, what the fuck? Again, really weird. Keep that log fire burning. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, I know. It's just weird, man. The expert goes to look in the shed afterwards as the team were told to make sure that they cleaned up after themselves. He spots the used piss bottle, some batteries and piece. He calls them pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> all in all, really, pretty pathetic. On their way back to HQ, they discuss the team dynamics, and Mel has an absolute belter. I'm fucking dreadin' being on the same team as Richard. Oh, no. <laughs> but that's why I love Mel so much because she she's really into it. She's really good at it, but she is also not afraid to speak her mind.
1: Yeah.
0: At the end of the day, they go back to HQ for a final briefing from Chief Bob. They watch the video of Dean first, that was recovered by Team Three starts off a little bit creepy and very similar to the killer's video, although it quickly becomes clear that Dean and Catherine are close as they begin to touch one another on camera before the battery runs out. Chief Bob asks what else they notice. Is
2: there anything else you noticed on there? Well, I was
0: just going to say Catherine was wearing the necklace. Hmm.
2: Well spotted, Merrill.
0: To see who can be up for the vote, Chief Bob needs to let them know who has passed or failed in their lines of inquiry. Mervyn and Richard did well finding the envelope, but following up was awful as they jumped out on Dean instead of lying low. I, for one, am really happy about this because it damages Richard's ego because he's always giving other people shit. Mm -hmm. And actually, you failed, mate. You're not as good as you think you are. When Bob asks if they think they mucked it up, only Mervyn responds. And Richard won't admit that he's made a mistake. Anyway, they're both up for the group vote as they failed their track. Meryl, Sam, and Sarita searched the car but missed the tracker. On day two, they recovered the trowel, but Chief Bob mocks them about it being a murder weapon.
2: So again, I had to send my boys in.
0: He says that his boys went in and found another murder weapon, which looks like a pair of pliers. What absolute bollocks. What what I didn't like about that is
1: as a viewer, you saw the um like a little five-second clip of someone pulling it out of the pond. Yeah, yeah. And
0: which turning it it looked, over in there. It,
1: like it looks like pliers. It does look like some back end of some pliers.
0: Yeah. But they've already they've been told, they were told quite clearly in the last episode by the mortician it's made triangular incisions. If you find a trowel in a sluice pond. And the person's been murdered in a church. It's not hard to conceive that a churchyard has got a trowel in, yeah. in there that yeah. someone's picked up on the way in and stabbed someone in the neck with it. Yeah. And yet
2: he's like... "We thought the I shot. have dealt with a lot of murders in my time, but I've never known anybody attack anybody with a trowel. Well,
0: I bet that they're fucking has happened, mate.
1: Yeah. Never in your 30 years would you think there'd be a serial killer on the moors, mate, would you? There was. <laughs> I can't wait for the trowel murderer to come... Tell you what, if when we write one, someone's getting stabbed with a trowel.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: definitely. 100% no.
0: Anyway, Meryl, Sam and Sarita are um, failed by Chief Bob and can also be voted for by the group. Rory, Mellon and Andrew did well to get a fingerprint off the door, but forensics couldn't get a match. They didn't fingerprint the broken glass... So once again, Bob comes in with... I had to
2: send the boys in.
0: The boys went in, recovered a fingerprint off that broken glass. One was matched to Jay, the owner of the barge, and one to Catherine Pryor. Because of this, Mel, Rory and Andrew fail their line of inquiry so they can be voted. The next moment, I had to take a break. Genuinely had to take a break. I had to pause it and I had to just walk away for 10 minutes and then come back to it.
2: Do you know what a Muppet is? When I was in the force, a Muppet stood for the most useless police person ever trained.
0: You have just made that up. That is absolute crap.
1: He's made that up on the way there, isn't it? Fuck.
0: Like, that is embarrassing, mate. Like, even if it is something you use in work, because let's be honest, someone's clearly made that around, because we all call each other Muppets. If you've done something stupid, you're a bit of a Muppet. But to say that it's most useless police person... That is rubbish.
1: Oh yeah, it really annoyed me as well, massively.
2: It's time for the group vote, which decides who will be the first to play the killer's game.
0: They take a vote for the first person to play the killer's game. It's a tie between Meryl and Sarita, and they recast the vote, and the first person to play the killer's game will be Sarita. Nick now gets the vote for the second person to play, and it really annoys me again because... He should now be picking the person that Sarita was tied with, because that's clearly, you know, the group. It just makes it easier for yourself. Nick goes on to vote Andrew. And right, fully understand, if it was based on what Andrew had done throughout the last few days, I'd be like, yeah, because he's just talked nonsense. He's not a very good investigator. But it's actually because he didn't help out when the blood and the photographs were left by the killer. Everyone pulled together. But few people didn't. Well, one was Sarita, but the other one was Andrew. So even though too many cooks and all that, and even though we think, why Why would you? Surely you should appoint two. Nick, as lead investigator, should say, I only want two people looking at those photos in the blood. I don't want everybody yeah. doing that. And yet he's put Andrew on it for not pulling his weight. Rubbish decision. Still like Nick, don't get me wrong, but... It's, it's a cop-out. Bad decision. Anyway, Sarita gets her envelope. She's going to the tyre yard. Andrew is going to Dead End Farm. We next see their journeys to the locations, followed by infrared footage of them trying to find the killer clue. But eventually we see Andrew return, and Nick acts all pleased to see him trying to hug him and stuff like that. Mate, you voted for him. You were the one that sent him. Don't be all pally-pally. Andrew, once again, it's bit sexist, isn't he? Like,
2: with the greatest respect, ladies, if one of you would have went out on that, with respect, I don't know if you'd have ever survived.
1: What? Well, both aren't going to
0: die, mate. Overall, I really, really love the narrative. The storyline and actors are exactly what I want from this show we've got a good story going on even though it's a bit disjointed at the moment we've got the fact that a caravan site you've got a barge you've got the lady of the house in Jennifer Wilmington you've got a couple of break-ins you've got the sister acting weird around the necklace and stuff Mm -hmm. you've got exploding cars I think there's some really really good storytelling going on the voiceover and Chief Bob and the way in which some of the investigators conduct themselves completely ruin the show that said still really looking forward to the next episode Okay, so predictions We're going to go winner first Who do you want to win? No Same, absolutely
1: I can't even think of a second place
0: If I'm going to put all my eggs in one basket At this moment in time Jay Wilmington the barge owner, is the killer.
1: Yeah, it's not a bad shape.
0: Only reason being, evidently, Catherine's broken into his barge, done his washing up and his ironing or whatever else That's she's weird. done. There might be some sort of love interest in that Dean Garrity was clearly liking it. I don't I'm making it up on the spot, mate. I've got no idea. But from what we know, it's probably the best bet, isn't it? Well, yeah, I think with the family connections and stuff, I just find it unlikely that her father or sister have done it, but stranger things have happened as for the next lead investigator who do you think sarita will pick Sarita would pick i've got two names here mel yeah so i've got i've got mel and i've got sam because sarita was in sam's team in, in the sluice pond so mel because she's probably the best sam because she was in the same team as her yeah and that's it mate if you're still with us thanks for listening come and tell us what you think we're at presents jam on twitter Join us again next time, where we take to the sky with Richard and Merrill. we tell Goldie a little too much information, and hold the worst
2: press conference ever. <laughs>